Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to the final episode of the year. The final episode of Tarask Month. This is our 5e Tarask, Dungeons and Dragons, 5th edition Tarask. And this is, of course, Random Encounters. And here, Matt and I... Hello, Matt. Hello, Nick. Matt and I are going to discuss the Tarrasque of 5th edition. And Matt, here, let me show you the Tarrasque. Like, this is the best Tarrasque art. Yep. Yet. Absolutely. Hands down. So dinosaur-y, so much more detail, and just so much more scary. Even though the the art itself is very similar to 3, 5, and 4. But yep. there's just something, there's just some extra touch here that makes it, oh. Oh, it just it just adds like a vivacity to it as opposed to it just being like I think it's the difference between a oh I'm seeing a fantasy monster in a Dungeons and Dragons manual versus I'm seeing an artist depiction of what a dinosaur used to look like, a living creature, what it what it actually looked like. I think that's the difference. It just it looks like it could come out of a dinosaur textbook. It almost feels like the earlier editions of the Tarrasque were someone describing what a Tarrasque might look like. Mm. And this mm. is someone going out and finding the bones and putting it together yeah. and drawing. Yeah. So it's it's the natural progression of of paleontology, basically. Yeah. D&Dology. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So the legendary Tarrasque is possibly the most dreaded monster of the material plane. It is widely believed that only one of these creatures exists, though no one can predict where and when it will strike. A scaly biped, the Tarrasque is 50 feet tall. They've always been consistent with that number, 50 feet. Yep. And 70 feet long, also with that, weighing hundreds of tons. It carries itself like a bird of prey, leaning forward and using its powerful lashing tail for balance. Its cavernous maw yawns wide enough to swallow all but the largest creatures, and so great is its hunger that it can devour the populations of whole towns. Back to the hunger thing. Yeah, back to, yeah, absolutely. They pulled that back in. The destructive potential of the Tarrasque is so vast that some cultures incorporate the monster into religious doctrine, weaving its sporadic appearance into stories of divine judgment and wrath. Legends tell how the Tarrasque slumbers in its secret lair beneath the earth, remaining in a dormant state for decades or centuries. When it awakens in answer to some inscrutable cosmic call, it rises from the depths to obliterate everything in its path. So that's all just flavor text there. Yeah. So, so two things I want to I hit on real quick. It is widely believed that only one of these creatures exists. Yeah, I was gonna say. So right there, it's not saying like it's not the only one. It, it it's it's not set in stone that this is the only one. Do they have like one of those like a, a collar with a big box on it so they can tell that's, which one is which? That's exactly what I was gonna get to. Like they don't tag this thing, so they, there's no way to know if it's if it if it is the same one every single time. But exactly. What yeah. an awesome NPC to have is a guy trying to figure this out. It's basically basically like a storm chaser. It'd, it'd be the instead of Twister, it'd be Tarasque. Was it Twister? Yeah. Was a tornado He's, movie? Yeah, they were yes. storm chasers in that, right? Yeah. Yeah. His name is Andy, and he just writes his name on the bottom of the Tarasque's foot. <laughs> what? 
How did how did we get to Toy that, Story? That's that how he, a... Well, that's how he tags the Tarasque. <laughs> that was I mean, I get it, but oh boy. <laughs> I feel good. I stretched on that one. That was I, good. Yeah, there you go. You you should you should definitely warm up before these podcasts. <laughs> And what was the other one? Oh, legends tell how the Tarrasque slumbers in its secret lair beneath the earth could pull in the same, the same, the same storm chaser who, who gets in like, I don't know, this like adamantine, completely indestructible, like ball or, or, or cage or cube or something. And, and he has somehow figured out, somehow calculated or, or even better, he's hired the players to 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 knock, to kill, or knock out, or whatever verbiage you want to use, knock out the Tarrasque so it goes back down into its lair and slumbers in a specific spot where he's already waiting and hiding in his little cube. So presumably when it goes back down into its lair, his goal is to go with it. <laughs> And like, try to understand what's going on. And maybe he has a gnome who has like earth shape or something who can like help dig them out once, once he does all of his, his studying. I don't know. So he's the Jane Goodall of the Tarasks? Yes. Tarasks in the mist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he teaches it sign language, of course, <laughs> with three giant clawed fingers each. I like I I like that idea a lot. I'm telling you. Yeah. So the Tarasque is a gargantuan monstrosity. Parentheticals Titan. So I don't know if it's a, a specific class of monster. Maybe unaligned. AC of twenty five. Natural armor. Hit points of six hundred and seventy six, which is the second smallest, I believe. Yeah. It went from. Let's see, 2E was 300, 4E was 858, I think. 4E was 1400, and now we're back down to six, uh, 676. Yeah. He's got a speed of 40 feet, strength of 30, a con of 30, dex and wisdom and charisma of 11, and then a 3 intelligence. He's just oh. just a just a wild animal. Just a wild animal. That's all it is. Damage immunities are fire, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. But if you're fighting a challenge rating of 30 without a magical weapon, it's a... Turn around and go Darwin, Darwinism blinked for, for one moment and somehow you got to level 30 because that's the only explanation. You should not have made it to 30 without a magical weapon. Yeah. Point. So at, at challenge rating 30, it has 155,000 XP, which let's remember in 5e, you can only go up to level 20. Yep. So, so first of all, what's the point of the XP if presumably you're maxed out before you, you, you take on the Tarrasque? That's a good point. And second of all, how, how? Without the without the DM just just really just buffing the heck out of you and giving you all sorts of toys and stuff just to just to make sure that you're prepared not not even have a leg up on but just prepared to fight the Tarasque. Sure. You know, like somehow somehow each player needs ten levels worth of 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 bonus. 
whatever whatever that may be, whatever the DM deems that to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Would you... Would you consider giving them giving them levels 21 through 30 and just say, okay, so you got you got 10 more levels. Which class do you want to multi-class into? <laughs> like, is that worth it? Is that an option? How much how much would that translate as as effectively getting to level 30, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. And that's if they beat the Tarask, basically. No, they, no. In in order those... in order to get to the Tarask. Oh, gotcha. Say, I'll I'll let you guys level from tw- from twenty one to thirty, but obviously you've already maxed in your in your class of choice, so you 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 get another class to do or or multiple classes. I don't see why not. I mean, really, it's. I mean, part of the, playing this game is knowing when to let go. As well, you know, whether it's yeah, that's very ending valid. a campaign yeah. or, or you know, watching your character go. But if you f- can read the room and you feel that these guys really want to hang on with this c- specific group of characters and go, mm-hmm. you know, make one more go at it to the Tarask even. Yeah. I don't see why you can't. Yeah. So you would, you're, you're thinking it's, it's okay. You've maxed level. You've obviously finished your, your personal, your main, your main storyline. Everybody is, is, is appeased and you get, you get that end of story kind of montage of, of everybody is off doing their thing. And then the, the, say the next, you, you don't build it as, okay, we're, you have to level, like we're going to play this, this last 10 or this next 10 levels in, in, a, in a full, a full story arc. You're thinking more, we'll just make it a one shot and pop everybody up to level 30. But in doing so, you, you, you need 10 more levels. I could see it both ways. I could see it. Yeah. Definitely. Almost like the, that's the epilogue. Like you, Everyone mm-hmm. is that you, you've completed your main story arc. You've completed your your personal quests. Everybody's happy. They go about you know some some go back to being a farmer and some go back yeah. to being the you know the the local bard and whatnot. But what's the one thing that's really going to pull this group of disparate adventurers back together? The Tarask. Yeah, I'm getting too so, old for this Tarask. Exactly. So you. Yeah. You pull them back in and maybe you make it, you kind of advance the levels a little bit. So they're make, maybe doing two and one. So you're not spending another, you know, two years or whatever leveling up yeah. 10 levels. You're, yeah. you're doing it in maybe half of that time and getting to the end. Okay. But you're still, you're still going that far without necessarily making it a one shot. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I like it. I think that's, I think that's as much as it's, more of a time investment to 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 go oh, yeah. through that process it's it's always better in my opinion it's always better to do that than to just jump 10 levels because you you don't become familiar with with what you're gaining along the way oh yeah absolutely the the difference between a level 1 
wizard and a level 10 wizard is astronomical if you especially if you've never played one before yeah it's very substantial yeah so i i'm the idea of of playing a character to level 30 makes me really 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 want to take five levels in six classes (laughs) just to see it's just to see if you could push past that peak of uselessness into like I am I've committed so hard I am so helpful now I'm the jack of all I, trades Yeah I wonder I wonder how useful that would be But you're Oh my what a juggle though what a juggle to 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 try and keep all of your numbers in order because yeah. a lot of the times, especially with like spellcasters and stuff, they it's the spells specifically say you add your your bonus to your bonus is the number of of wizard levels you have or or cleric levels, not not just level like what level are you? So if you're multi-classing, yeah. it, it's that number is is always hampered. So yeah, and that's what I was gonna so say. That's that would be a lot. Yeah, you are. It's one thing to have like two, maybe three classes at level 30. It's another thing to only be a level five in multiple <laughs> six classes time, six times at level 30. Because <laughs> all that really cool, really major stuff, it just will not, you'll never get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm, yeah. I still want to try it. And, and yeah. the character would obviously be schizophrenic or something. The first one eaten. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, and, and also the first one, yeah. <laughs> I do this for you. And he just runs straight in. Everybody looks around like, did, did you know that guy who invited him? Yeah. Where did he come from? <laughs> I thought you knew him. I don't know. I'd like to do that with like an older character that maybe has spent his life doing a multitude of jobs. Like for a sure. while he was a bard. For a while he was a fighter for hire and then he was yep. mm-hmm. in a thieves guild and stuff like that and really kind of build out that backstory so maybe yeah maybe if you're starting at uh, starting a campaign at level five maybe find a way to convince your dm to let you multi-class early with like a level in like two or three different things yeah yeah i <laughs> that is that character is, I, I think, probably best suited for a a charisma character. Like you, yeah. you, you're predominantly used it as charisma. You're predominantly the the talker and hopefully getting yourself you and the party out of out of a situation before before it it hits the fan because because if if you start with that strong charisma role and you are you were quick enough as a as a talker like i mean that's why i i play charisma cuz i can i've years of improv training so i can think on my feet in in terms of getting out of a fight in D&D it's all it was worth and that you can always fall back on that but if you're hampered by not having a really strong attack bonus or spell attack bonus or something like that it's never going to you're you're not fulfilling that purpose in the party so I think the one that is least affected by by the the level 
cap essentially is 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 probably going to be be a, a charismatic role. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, I can see that. And I mean, you that would also lend itself to a a backstory that that makes sense in that way as well. It'd yeah. be hard to to play a caster that you know dabbled for a little bit as a wizard and then a sorcerer and then yeah. a druid. Like that would be. I mean, you could make it work story wise, but it almost feels like that would be a bit more of a stretch than the the guy that maybe was a cleric at first, but then denounced his faith and became a bard and mm. kind of used used his charisma instead of you know his wisdom. I guess you could say. In yeah. That thing. Yeah, I I'm I really really want to play that character, but I fear that. It, he will just become like the old ancient version of the crazy character that I already have, who's a wild magic sorg. So I don't, I don't know, but I really do want to play just a, a level 31 shot and just have him be bananas. Yes, I would DM that in a heartbeat. All right, beautiful. And it's set in an old folks home or he breaks out of an old oh. folks home. That's that's what I want it to be. So back to the Tarask, the 5e Tarask. Condition immunities, in addition to the damage immunities, condition immunities are charmed, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned. He has a blind sight of 120 feet, legendary resistance. A lot of the, and and this is where it smacks of similarities in terms of a lot of the really big monsters in 5e. He has sure. legendary resistance three times a day. If the Tarasque fails a saving throw, it can choose to succeed instead. I, The verbiage on oh. that is just so... Mm, just, mm, it can choose. Yeah, you know what? I want to pass that. You, you, you're going to do, like, what, five damage to me? No, I'll fail it. That's fine. You know, That's one of those that I would roll on the table and then purposefully, like, change the die to a 20. Yeah. Yeah, when it, that first, that in that first reveal of the fact that it has legendary resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also has magic resistance. It has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. It has reflective carapace. Anytime okay. the Tarask is tar targeted by a magic missile spell, a line spell, or a spell that requires a ranged attack roll, roll a d6. Of course, I would have the caster roll that d6, obviously. Of course. On a 1 to 5, the Tarask is unaffected. On a six, the Tarask is unaffected and the effect is reflected back at the caster as though it originated from the Tarask turning the caster into the target. So back to, that was 2E and 3-5, I think, that had that. Yes, I, I'm, I know for sure 2E. I don't know if it, I think it reflected off of the carapace in 3-5, but I don't think it had the risk of... of of hitting the player, which is actually, gotcha. if that's the case, that is shocking for three, five, because we know three, five is just, just ruthless. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Tarask is also considered a siege monster. It deals double damage to objects and structures. Makes sense. Okay. It eats towns. Eats towns. Eats whole towns. So it has a bite. It has a claw. It has horns. It has a tail. It has a multi-attack. It, which it, where it can use that those variety of things. The Tarask can use its frightful presence 
It then makes five attacks, one with its bite, two with its claws, one with its horn, and one with its tail. It can then, oh, no, it can use its swallow instead of its bite. So Frightful Presence is is a DC Wisdom saving throw, 120 feet. They have to roll to to or become frightened for a minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns with a disadvantage if the Tarasque is in line of sight. <laughs> yep. yep. The giant gargantuan Tarasque in line of sight. Yes. Yeah. So Enjoy your disadvantage forever. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably, you're either you're running away so you're not looking at it, right? Like you would allow Fair that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Or 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 maybe uh, a very, very, very high DC percentage roll of, oh, you just happen to be behind a tree at the time when you have to roll this. So just don't be running behind the knight with the reflective armor. Yeah. So that you can then see the Tarasque. By by that time, either you're you're too far away from the knight or the knight has been hit enough that that armor is no longer shiny. Good point. <laughs> so that is our frightful presence. And then Swallow can make a bite attack against a large or smaller creature. It is grappling, so it has to be grappled first. If the attack hits, the target takes the bite's damage and the target is swallowed and the grapple ends. While swallowed, they're blinded and restrained. They have total cover against attacks and other effects outside the Tarrasque, and they take 16 D6 acid damage at the start of each of its turns. Good lord. If the Tarrasque takes 60 damage or more on a single turn from a creature inside of it, the Tarrasque must succeed on a DC 20 con saving throw at the end of that turn or regurgitate all swallowed creatures. So this isn't one of those, like, it's everybody for himself. They all have to get out on their own. You don't cut yourself out either, yeah. so that's interesting. Right. Yeah, yeah. You force it. You, you give it a tummy ache. Now, would you extend the... You wouldn't extend the magic resistance to the interior, would you? Oh. Mm. Mm. Certainly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the reflection because that specifically says reflective carapace. But magic yeah. resistance, it has advantage on saving throws. Would you? I think, see, I think that's a little different because the carapace is for magic missile, a line spell or a spell that requires an attack roll. And those are spells that do not require saving throws. So those, I think, would be because of the physical carapace. I think there's something inherently a lot like in the 4E where it has that that gravitational pull, which we don't have here. But yep. But it's it's something it's something on a on a molecular level that allows it to resist. It's so it's such an abomination, you know. It's so evil. It's okay. so densely packed of a of a monstrosity. That it, it it can resist. Okay. That that that's how I take it. But I mean, you could very easily say, like, you know, it's just because it's it's the carapace. The carapace is so good; it both reflects and helps that helps him helps him pass those rolls too. I, I I could see it going either way. Okay. We have nothing. There's nothing definitive in here. If the Tarask 
dies, a swallowed creature is no longer restrained by it and can escape from the corpse by using 30 feet of movement, exiting prone. So you got you got to crawl out. It doesn't out say of which thing. end. Doesn't say which end. Your choice. Your you. It is the luck of your percentage roll. And <laughs> and then an, another another common thing with the big bads in in five e. It has three legendary actions per per round per turn. Okay. Yeah. Only one legendary action can be used at a time, and only at the end of another creature's turn. The Tarrasque regains spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. So it can attack for, for one action point. It can make a claw or a tail attack. It can move up to half its speed for another action point. And it can chump, which is the cost of two action points. The Tarrasque makes one bite attack or uses it to swallow. Gotcha. And that is that is it. That is that is our that's our rundown for the 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 five E Tarask. Nothing in there that that gave me a story hook, though. Oddly enough, no, not really. Yeah, nothing new. Nothing I new guess. there. Yeah, yeah. Like we said last week, like like I, I was excited to see them pull bits and pieces from the the previous monster, the previous versions of the Tarask, but. But this is the most underwhelming, I think. I think so. Yeah, I mean, it. I think we are kind of spoiled a little bit. And maybe if this was the first one we saw, it would be less underwhelming. But maybe. I think it's just because we've seen everything before and they just they decided not to add anything to this one. Yeah. And and. And that and and the things, the things that that make it like epically cool and and big and beefy in Five E. So the the legendary resistances, the the legendary actions, the the multi attack, all of those are applied to any great big giant monster. Grant granted the the the. The legendary actions are a little different depending on the monster, but still, I mean, they all have that ability to do some extra stuff. So, so anything making this thing super big and scary is there's nothing ultimately unique about it. Yeah. And even the legendary actions are fairly benign. Yeah. Just an extra attack. All all three of them. It's just an extra attack. Yeah. Huh. So one through 10 Random encounters, monsters. What would you give the five E Tarask? This hurts. I'm gonna have to go with a seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it would fall fall somewhere around there. It is. It falls short. It is not better than any of the other Tarasks that we've seen. It is not even. Yeah. It is not even equal to any of the other Tarasks that we've seen. I, no, I would say. I don't think so. Now, before we we wrap up Tarask month. I think we need to discuss some tactics. We've talked about the Power Rangers mech battle against the Mm Tarrasque. We've talked about creating an army, Mm -hmm. recruiting an army, I guess is more accurate. (laughs) What? I mean, you could create one too, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's very true. What about the 
possibility of, I guess, a really high diplomacy role with dragons. Oh, recruiting the dragons. Recruiting the dragons. Well, it would certainly be easier to get the metallics on your side than the chromatics. But there are much more than just chromatics and metallics. We're going to have maybe... Oh, maybe all of 2021 will just be dragons. Maybe not. There are so there are so many versions of dragons. It's it's bonkers. I that could be that could be super super badass. And that honestly, I I'm just about to start recording the the third in the trilogy of a set of audiobooks that I've, I've been narrating, the Paternus series, P-A-T-E-R-N-U-S. It will, it'll definitely be out by the time this, this episode airs. And it is, it is all about taking, taking the variety of the myths and legends and lore in all different cultures and seeing where they overlap. And he's basically created these characters who, who live outside of humanity and who who are these these legendary beings and of of course of course this culture sees me as this and sees me as this and sees me as they they're all the same person where they where they overlap and and it's just this story of these these epic beings who are who are then exposed to the the real world or the real world is exposed to them and it's it in book three which which i again i'm just about to start recording there it Everything hits the fan, like everything has built up. So we have all of these super crazy, amazing mythical creatures and and characters fighting. There, there's the good side and there's the bad side. So that's what I that's that's what that makes me think of is, of course, you're going to have the most cool flight of the Valkyries cutscene of of a variety of dragons coming in to help you attack the Tarasque. Like there, if you, if you wanted an epic battle, that is as epic as you're going to get, I think. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to try to save it for this final episode is we've, we've come up with some really cool ways to approach the Tarrasque. That's mm-hmm. a lot better than just the standard stand and, and swing your sword or stand and fight. Yeah. But I think the, the inclusion of, of, a of other legendary beings that may even be on par with the Tarrasque is something that should not be overlooked, especially as you are traveling to level 20, level 30, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever apex it is that you are achieving before you fight this creature. Yeah, because I would say at, at least half of the creatures that are, are up to this level, up to, to level 30 or, or 20, depending on the addition, obviously, at least half of the creatures that are this epic are intelligent and yes and i'd say half of half of them are not just automatically evil so you've got you've got a fair selection to choose from here to 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 pull in to pull into your to your ranks to help you out and if your if your DM is is or or you as the DM, if you're really good at the long game, like start 
start the diplomacy and start the the interactions and introductions with these creatures early, early on and have them do an errand for this one or encounter this one and help them get their foot out of a bear trap and, and this and that until at the very end, it's not just, okay, we need these epic guys to help us fight. It's everybody's returning. It's that it's that that drawing in of every character that you've seen, one that yeah. you haven't thought about in probably literally years. You're calling in favors across the board. Yeah, yeah. Basically. I remember that time that I, I walked you across the street. Well, yep. now you have to help me fight the Tarask. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> but she's the Baba Yaga, so it's... it's she Fair enough. Mm, yeah, I don't want to fight her. So what if the main villain that you fight at the end of your main campaign, so to speak, now you have to raise him from the dead oh, in order to fight the Tarrasque. my goodness. So you would raise him from the dead and control him? So you'd like, you'd necromancer him? Or there would be some sort of, some sort of, of way to, to convince him that, that it's in his best interest to fight the Tarrasque too. Maybe you uh, find a way to travel to the spirit plane or whatever you want to use and convince his, his ghost or his spirit before you raise him from the dead mm. that this is in his best interest. Yeah. And maybe he'll be allowed to stay alive. Right. However you want to put it. If, if he's if he does this for you, and if obviously if, if you're victorious, right? If you're not, it's a moot point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you're all in the the land of the the dead. Yeah, exactly. Or or you can pull the the Loki from from the the Marvel movies, and you don't kill him at the end. The the the, the bad guy. You don't kill him. You you capture him somehow. You you restrain him. And then sure. you can go to him and, and convince him and say, listen, if you if you suicide squad this, maybe we'll we'll be a little more lenient. Exactly. Yeah. Well But that's that's only if they took the path of not actually killing him beforehand. And you better make it a very difficult decision for them to choose to not actually kill him. Yeah, you have to like you said, you have to start laying that groundwork, throwing them those breadcrumbs down really, really early so that they realize that this big bad is still just a stepping stone to the real big bad that is the gargantuan world-destroying monster yeah. that's about to wake up. Yeah, which could have no actual connection to to this this first big bad in terms of like like he didn't he didn't set that ball rolling or he didn't have anything to do with the cult or however however you want to set it up. But it's 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 that 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 reveal that realization that. Oh yeah, we're not we're not quite done here. This game don't don't put your dice away. We're still going. Exactly. Yeah, you got a couple more initiative rolls in you, yeah. believe me. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so overall, Matt, the Tarasque. How many Tarasks would you give the Tarasque? 1 through 10. <laughs> <laughs> I would say this is a solid nine and that's that's pretty average too for what we what we've yeah gave the last four the only thing that would make it push it to a 10 is if it was an intelligent creature i think 
Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's we we've we've talked a lot about the the bits and pieces to to where you can place the Tarask in a specific situation to use it to fit into your story, but there's only so much you can do when it's just a straight up wild animal, even if it is a a gargantuan abomination death machine. Exactly. You know, you, you've obviously got more options and opportunities and more doors open up when it is to that level, but fight fight something at that level that's a dragon, you've, you've got so much more. It's intelligent. You can talk to it. It can shapeshift. You've got all sorts of other things. And it collects treasure. I mean, well, yeah. Yeah. The, the Tarasque eats the treasure. Yeah, that's right. The... Was it, it was only 2E that told us about turning its belly into dwarven-made shields and yeah. diamonds out of its hide. That's it. Nothing else has, has noted treasure. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. And that's the treasure from 2E. You had to work really hard to get oh, it, yeah. too. It wasn't just you kill the dragon and voila, here's a giant room full of treasure. Yeah. It's you kill the Tarasque harvest the creature and then wait years and years with dwarves at sword point yeah. making this armor for you. Well, you you obviously you use the diamonds from its its hide to to pay for to bribe the, them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, that I think is is a good wrap up for the Tarask. Thank you for listening to Tarask month, the best month of the year, I should say. And thank you in general for listening to Random Encounters. We we genuinely appreciate it. We have a grand old time recording this and we love to hear that other people are enjoying it. So please, please let us know that and let other let your other nerd friends know that as well. And we will be back in a week and in a year. I don't I don't think it works like that. But we'll be back. Wrap your head around that. Come on back next week. It's a Mobius strip of podcasts. Come on back next week. We'll be back with another random monster from a random monster manual. Thank you. Hey, Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.